0: Open your Bibles to the book of Philippians tonight. While you're turning there, we'll be start, starting the Lord-willing uh, revival. I hope it's already here. I hope it'll be a wonderful, wonderful fellowship of time with God, the Holy Spirit. Brother Benny Goodman will be Benny, boy. you got to pray for this, this lack of, uh, anyhow, he's going to kill me when I tell him it's Benny Goodman. Uh, what's the other guy? Oh, I was thinking Jack Benny. I think thinking Jack Benny. But Benny Beckham is going to be with us, the Lord willing. He'll be here Saturday night, the Lord willing. He'll be here what time? Saturday night. night. We have a prayer meeting at 7 o'clock. And I'd like for every man in this building to come and bring some other man with you. It'd be great to have a bunch of men here to pray with Brother Beckham. Let him give words of greeting and pray for us. I have several burdens I want to share with him and share with you. And uh, I know you have burdens. We all have burdens. And sometimes we have not because we ask not. But I'd like you to be here and come and join the prayer meeting Saturday night in preparation for... It's a busy month. And you say, Preacher, we're going to be wore out the time Thanksgiving's over. Well, hallelujah. I mean, you'd be doing something else. Maybe not as profitable. But it'd be good to get in a prayer mood. Sometimes, remember when Jesus was teaching His disciples. And they come to Him and said, Master, would you teach us how to pray? as John taught his disciples. And Jesus said, after this manner, I want you to pray, Our Father, which art in heaven, and so forth. We call it the model prayer. But John's disciples prayed. Jesus' disciples prayed. Oftentimes they went to a place to pray with the Lord Jesus in Gethsemane and other, in the mountains. Sometimes He went alone. Sometimes He took some with Him. But He always emphasized the importance of prayer. Uh, God forbid that we try to have any kind of meeting without just saying, Lord, it's us. We've not done too good in recent days. We need a touch of God on our life. And pray for Brother Goodman. I haven't changed his name. Brother Beckham, as he preaching to us, he's an unusual guy. If you get around him, and I say unusual in a bright sense, you never know what he's going to do next. And I believe it would be a blessing to all of us. So Sunday morning, he'll be here to speak in Sunday school, A.M. service, P.M. service, and then Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, the Lord willing. So pray for him as he travels from Walkertown. He may come in with his shoulder all wrapped up. I think he had surgery on his shoulder. And so if he's got it like this, it's not hiding a gun, he's got a shoulder problem. So he may come in handicapped this Saturday. So pray for him in special prayer. It's tough to preach like this when you got thought like this. You can't get it out. You have to use your other hand to do the emphasis. So pray for him in special prayer. Stand together, please, if you would, and read with me Philippians chapter 1 just want to give a few observations. Keep yeah. the, keep the uh, slogan up there if you would, fellas, tonight. Thank you. It says, come. Underneath that word, come, you can already see there's some scriptures, Isaiah 55 and so forth. <laughs> <coughs> About how oh, he come, he that hath no water, he that is a thirst, let him come. And he tells us to go into all the world. Come, go, come. Over and over again, he tells us to come. He tells us to go. And our emphasis is going to be this missions conference on coming and going, and I trust God will honor it in a very special way. Philippians chapter 1, verse 9, I read it this morning. And this I pray, here's a prayer for the Apostle Paul. And this I pray, your love may abound. Your love may what? You ought to be more lovely today than you were yesterday, so should I. Yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment or discernment, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Then verse 27, just over a few more verses. Only let your conversation or your manner of life or your citizenship be as it becometh the gospel, which is good news of Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, to whether I come and see you or else be absent. I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit. We've talked about the fact that we need to be together to stand together in these crucial days we live in. And to stand in one spirit, I mentioned this morning how important it is, and I want to emphasize a couple of things uh, along that line tonight. With one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. Let me read again, verse 27. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come... And see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you are standing fast for the Lord Jesus. I hope God knows we're standing today. I hope we are standing. He says, stand, not only stand, but stand fast. Uh, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. When you know what you know to do, stand. And he says, withstand. But stand, emphasizing over and over again. And with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel of christ standing fast striving together in one spirit for the glory of god and for the faith of the gospel of the lord jesus christ father speak to us tonight for just a few moments may your will be accomplished in all of our lives and we'll praise you for it in jesus name and for his sake and all god's people said may be seated I've entitled the sermon for the last few weeks, Striving Together. This will be part three, I guess, or part four. Striving Together. We accomplish more together than we do individually. The reason why the Bible says, Jesus said to his disciples, they said in talking about, who do you say, whom do men say that I am? And they said, some say they are Elijah, some say they are Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But whom do you say that I am? And Peter spoke up. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Matthew chapter 16. And then Jesus reverberated from that conversation and said, Upon this rock, upon this confession of what you just said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And when he said that, he's talking about the ecclesia, the gathering of the believers around the world, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus Christ is not the pope of the church. He's not some bishop out here. He is king of kings Amen. and lord of lords. He is the master of the church. And he's the one who gave the decree that he had built his church. But he's given it to the disciples. And there was 11 of them, 12 all, all before Judas betrayed the Lord. But they were there together with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he gave that command and gave that declaration. I will build my church. Church a group of people together doing the work of God. It's tough to be a pastor, it's tough to be a deacon, it's tough to be a Sunday school teacher, it's tough to be a bus worker if you're the only one doing it. You know, when you've got folks around you sure to help, why do they help, how can they help? I want to give you four reasons how they help and why they should help tonight. Even whatever you do in church is important. And I mentioned some things this morning that maybe things go unseen, unnoticed. Nobody knows who does it, why they do it. But there's things, I was telling somebody last night, there was a man who got saved. He was a very, very dedicated man of the Lord. He loved, he loved the church. He became the custodian of the church. And uh, one night, somebody come in. And it was late at night. They saw a light flickering inside the auditorium, and they stepped in there, and wanted to see who it was and what was going on. And it was this custodian down on his knees, had a toothbrush, toothbrush in his hand. And so they didn't mean to startle him, but they did. And he said, "He said, what you doing?" He said, "I'm just sort of tidying up for Sunday." They said, what are you on your knees praying? He said, well, I'm praying when I'm down here. But he said, there's some things built up around the, around the, uh, the, the pews and the, the legs, and I'm trying to get them clean, and I just need this toothbrush to clean it real good. And this guy was a wealthy guy. He was a multimillionaire. He was a guy that had been saved in late in life. He said, I'm trying to make up for the cause of Christ, doing something for the Lord. So he was cleaning the pews with a, tooth, with a toothbrush. You say, well, big deal. I think it's a big deal. He wasn't there to be seen. He wasn't there to show off. He just did what he thought he ought to do for the cause of Christ. And may God help us to find our place, what God wants us to do. So this coming Sunday, maybe some of you get some toothbrushes, and you come and get on your knees. Maybe I get a toothbrush and get on my knees. Nobody's too big for that. Nobody's more than too important. They can't do it. If they can get down, most of us probably getting down can't get back up. It would be the only problem. But we ought to have the attitude of being a servant for the Lord Jesus Christ. He come to serve and he wants us to be servants. How great and how important it is. So the fact is we need to stand for the Lord Jesus together. And we can do more together than we can individually. So I simply leave that with you because I'd like for a good group of folks to come on Saturday. If I could plead with you, I plead with you. If I could beg, I beg. I'm asking you to come, the Lord willing, this coming Saturday. And just meet for prayer. And we will take a few minutes and take some time to share some burdens of my heart. And many of you men, many of you women have burdens, and thank God for that. But we're going to try to get our men together on Saturday night. Then next Saturday, we'll be having a visitation in the morning. So pray for that, that we can have at least 12 guys to go out knocking doors, the Lord willing. If some can't go, but they can do something else. They can pray. Sometimes I can't walk when I go out business, so I sit in the bus and pray. But I can pray. Sometimes you can't do what you want to do, but you can do something. I can't do everything, and you can't do everything, but we can do something. And you say, all I can do is pray. That's probably the most important thing you do that day. If you can pray, you can pray. Others may pray while they go, but it would be good to have intercessory prayers praying for us all the time. One of the greatest things you can have in a revival meeting is when you have somebody come up to you, and especially I hope you will if it's true. been praying for you, Brother Beckham. May God bless you. We're praying for you while you're here. You say, well, everybody says that. No, everybody don't say that. But There are folks who will say, I'm praying for you. You're not trying to you know, inject yourself in this conversation necessarily. You may, you may not, but you're saying, I'm praying for you. I think it goes a long way, and when the missionaries come in, we need to say, we're praying for them. You already have. I hope you have. Brother Mark Lancaster will be here, and his wife, Julie, precious couple. He's had a lot of health issues this past couple of years, a lot of surgeries, but he's still doing evangelism across the country, and we're looking forward to having Brother Mark. Good to have the folks from Thailand that'll be with us uh, out of... Uh, Ashboro Church, and they're going to be here to, to sing and to speak to us, and we're looking forward to that. And Caleb and Christian will be here, and uh, somebody else I'm overlooking, uh, I think it is, if they come to me in just a minute. But just pray for those that come, and we'll have, by way of uh, the, the screen, a greetings from the Philippines and Brother June and his family, praying for God to bless them. That church we started many, many years ago there with the help of the Lord. So pray for all the missionaries. But we can do more collectively and together than we can individually. You can do a lot individually, but you can do far more collectively. And if we put our hands together and our, our minds together, he said, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. So he's having more than one mind. Put all the minds together. Let's have the mind of Christ. Let's get together by the grace of God. Labors together, the Bible says, with the Lord. 1 Corinthians 3.9. We are laborers together with God. That is a privilege tonight. That is an honor that we have the privilege of being laborers. What's a laborer? Everybody knows what a laborer is, a laborer do a day's work. A laborer together with God. First Corinthians 3 9. And he was giving that commission to the church at Corinth. How important it is not to get caught up in other things you're doing, but we're laborers together with God. We're not fighting each other. We're not fussing with each other. We're loving each other. Abound in love and abound in all that really counts and put your heart into it. And let's see what God wants to do. I think if we could get out of our way and express our love to God and abound and abound in His love, it can make a tremendous difference. Together we stand together, or somebody says, or we fall together. And how important it is to stand together and do our very best for the cause of Christ. Stand with God, the godly character and with godly consistency. And I mentioned those things in previous sermons. But I want us to emphasize a couple of things right here before I dismiss today. I talked about the being together in our spirit. Turn with me please to that, book, to that passage I read a moment ago in Philippians chapter 1. If you'll keep your finger turned there, it would be great. Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. Only let your conversation, manner of life, be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together. Now say that with that phrase. Striving together. Say it again. One more time with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. The faith, we contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. I have the same word of God completed in its plen- completed canon that the early apostles had, early Christians had, and as it begin to be written by the apostles and those who make up the canon of scriptures, we have 66 books that make up one book. This is God's book. I've said it hundreds of times since I heard the statement, the only book God ever wrote is it. And I think it happened this way. I think the writers um, over 1,500, 1,600 years, over 40 different authors, human beings, they got their pen out. All scripture is given by inspiration. Inspiration means God breathed. God breathing. I want you to stop and think about that for just a moment. God breathing. God breathing on them. All the way back to Moses in the Old Testament. Moses wasn't there when they said in the beginning God created. But God was. Moses wrote it down. Moses didn't understand everything he was writing down. But he's writing it down because it's God's book, not Moses' book. This is God's book. And he breathed on all all the writers of the Bible. We get the New Testament, the Great Commission to go into all the world. He says, I want you to write it just like I tell you. And I believe in mechanical dictation you may not. I believe he, he a takes, man takes his pen and begins to write. He's writing to the church at Philippi, using the Apostle Paul as the human author, but it's God's Word writing to these people, this church at Philippi. What joy they had. What abounding joy they had. What a wonderful church you'd be a part of even today, if I read it correctly. A few little skirmishes from here to there. All churches have those. But here's a church that was on fire for God. Had the joy of the Lord being their strength. And Paul just sent it from prison. I want you to rejoice. And again, I say unto you, rejoice in the Lord. While he's in prison, he's right in the church of Philippi. I want you to have that joy that we've heard about. Don't lose your joy. For the joy of the Lord is your strength, and the joy of the Lord will make a difference in your life. It'll cause you to say Hallelujah if you've got the joy of the Lord on the inside. I'm at least some word like that. Some word ought to come out once in a while. If you've got the joy of the Lord, Peter said it this way: It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Now digest that word for just a minute. It is full of glory, and full of joy is full of glory, and joy unspeakable is full. Of glory. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you got that or not. Do you have it? You ever have a joyful spell? You don't have to be in church. Individually, you can have a good relationship with God. How many of have ever had an experience with God, and I'm not basing our Christianity on experience alone, but you've had something happen, that you've been along with God, and you knew God was there? Raise your hand, please. Amen. You knew God was there. Amen. There ain't nothing like that when you know God's there. How many's been in prayer when it didn't seem like God was not there? Where's God at? He wants us to stand fast regardless of how we feel. Sometimes he'll give an extra dose of good old blessings in our life on the inside because he knows we need it. And sometimes he wants us to learn how to walk by faith, and he'll be seemingly a way off. And you're praying, you're praying, you're seeking God's will, you're seeking God's face, and you're praying. And God's still they're standing somewhere in the shadows. God's always there because he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll go with you all the way, even to the end of the world. So these four thoughts right quickly before we go to the house. What's it mean to be together? How many of us are together tonight? we together? Uh, they talk about fellowship as more than one man in a ship. I don't know what that means altogether, but fellowship, being able to fellowship with somebody. You've got to have somebody else to fellowship with if you're going to fellowship. Fellowship with God and fellowship one with another. Trace the word of one another through the Bible, New Testament especially. One another, love one another, bear one another's burdens. The list goes on and on and on and on of how we are tied together in this, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against him. And because I'll build my church, I want it to be a together church. I want it to be one that's on fire for God. I want one to, to seek the same principles, the same purpose of going forth in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so here he is, he said, I want you to be together striving together. That means working together. It means pushing forward together. It means doing the work of God. And so when you come, you say, Preacher, what can I do? If you come on Sunday and you have a prayer in your heart and you're there just to greet the preacher, you're helping us strive together. If you can give in the missions offering, that'd be great. As God leads you, you're striving together. Everybody can't do the same thing, but everybody can be involved in the work of the Lord. It may be that God calls you to be a missionary. Somewhere, Caleb and Christian got called of God to be missionaries to another country. I can't dictate and I can't override their heart. If they say that's where God wants them to go, that's where they're going to go, the Lord willing. If God opens the door, they may be in Japan before we realize it. And what a needy, needy nation and what an expensive place to go to. But yet there's people that need Christ there as much as they do anywhere else in the world. And we have a part of that. Some go across the sea, others hold the ropes on this side. We're all in this thing together. We're not trying to isolate and say, well... They do their thing. We do our thing. We just do it. No, everybody is doing it together. Brother Willie comes to him and goes, Preacher, you, you want me to make the announcement? You want to make it tonight about the, the meal, meal Saturday. I want Willie to make the announcement about the meal. And I said, go ahead, make it. Because they're getting ready for something to do every year. He knows exactly where directions they are going. Now, whether it turns out the way he thinks it's going to turn out, we'll see. But he knows where he's going. And having, having him to take that re- leadership role. Here, I'm going to be able to, we're going to have this meal for, the missionaries, and fellowship, and getting better acquainted. Nothing wrong with the RU sponsoring it. What a wonderful thought. And isn't it great to know we can be a part of that. You say, well, I'm not in RU. Oh, you ought to be in RU. In spirit, you ought to be there. In spirit, you ought to be in RU. Then if you can come to RU, you ought to be in RU. You may not be able to come all the time. You ought to come some of the time, and maybe more times than you realize. You say, I don't need the RU, but everybody needs some discipleship of some kind along the way. We need to have the help of God in our life. And I personally have enjoyed over these months of being able to come and sit in the back seat and just observe. And one of the best things I've heard over the past number of years is just not only those teaching lessons that sometimes they give, but the testimonies of folks in RU. And sometimes it may be repeated, well, they said it before, but they say it more robust and more joy than they said it back years ago. As they grow in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ... And I'm sitting there thinking, we got, i got a part of this. I'm, not, I'm just a pastor of the church. I love it. I'm glad somebody's doing a work for God. I want to be encouraging, and I hope you feel the same way. So this word together means, number one, being encouragement, encouraging one another. Be ye therefore encouragers. Turn to Isaiah 41 I read this morning, but I like what I read. I want to read again. Chapter 41, of the book of Isaiah, where he says in the writings, Be of good cheer, be of good courage in verse 6. They helped everyone, his neighbor, and everyone to his brother be of good courage. Be of good courage as you reach out to help somebody. And then he goes into these different trades. So the carpenters encouraged the goldsmith. Well, and the smoothers with the hammer, him with the smote of the anvil, saying, it is ready for the solders to come. And he fastened it with nails that it should not be moved. The work of God is going to be accomplished by everybody doing what they're supposed to do, everybody didn't have the same job, but everybody was involved in togetherness of making it work. Can you imagine when the when the carpenter got there, the goldsmith, was his part come, or the, the other men, the smoother, the those who had the hammer, and those who were working with the anvil, when they saw other folks were involved, it was encouraging them. It's pretty tough sometimes when you're the only person doing a certain task. I understand that. But you do what you got to do, and that's not because... Uh, we have that problem here, but we need more workers in the vineyard. The laborers are few. though what the Bible says? It's true all over the country. And usually about 20% of the people do most of the work of any church. And I'm not saying you can't do some things you can't do, and I can't do either physically, but there's a lot of things you can do and a lot of positions that probably need to be filled. We're working on having a sort of FBI come January, at least the latter part of January. I'll talk to the finance, the, the advisory board about it. About this thing of training folks to be soul winners, we've neglected that. I have. That's been neglected. We need to be trained how to win a soul. What well, we do? How do you do this? How do you do that? It's not that you're trying to be mechanical about it. Here's some ideas. And you, I take some guys in our church who've been knocking doors for years or months, and they can say, This is what works for me. Boy, sometimes you just want to, try to find an avenue. One of the biggest problems is talking to somebody. How do you strike up a conversation with a total stranger? I mean, sometimes a little nerve-wracking. Sometimes you can be a little nervous about it. But how do you do that with confidence and boldness with the help of the Lord? But always God's equation. God's in there with us. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So I'm, we're in together. We're in the same yoke together. The Lord Jesus will come unto me, all you that labor are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus said, I want to get in the yoke with you. And when he's in the yoke with us, we got somebody mighty powerful to help us in the journey of life. Working together. And when you find what God wants you to do, then do it. You can't do everything, but you can do something, instead said a while ago. So encouraging those that are doing some things, you may not be able to do. As you get older, one of the greatest thrills or greatest duties or greatest responsibilities is encouraging the young people. A while ago we you quote a verse of scripture. That's big stuff. When a child quotes a verse of scripture publicly, that's worthy of. It. Not bragging on their ability, I'm bragging on the fact they're quoting God's word. That's tremendous. Thank God for that. So, everybody ought to encourage those who sometimes do something that maybe we can't do or they were doing for the first time, and they need encouraging. When Brother Beckham comes, he's been traveling for years and years and years and years, and getting old and strength and getting weaker and weaker, he needs encouraging. He needs folks to say, Brother, praying for you. got have got you, got you on my prayer list. And periodically, you pray for him in some position. As you're praying, Lord bless Brother Beckham. You may not know him well, or you may know him real well. He's been a dear, precious friend to me over these last several years. And sometimes when he calls, he's got that, uh, hello, Brother Paulie. He has a way of saying it, sound different to anybody. Else. You know who he is without even trying to explain to he is. And he says, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing fine. How are you doing? Doing fine. Just want to call, check on you, see how you doing. Now, I need to do the same thing for other folks. And you do the same thing for other folks. You say, but I don't know what to say. Can't you say, I'm praying for you? Don't you think most of us do that? We ought to be a praying church, and all God's people said. Pray ye one for another. Uh, this coming year be around the corner. There ought to be somewhere on your sheet of paper, if not mentally, and I have to write it down. I can't remember everything. I have a real problem with that. But writing down every name that I want to pray for and periodically go through it, I have a system I follow, as some of you have a system of following a journal a way to pray for everybody that's on your prayer list. If you have 100 preachers, which I do, I don't pray for all 100 every day. I could. Some days I just take a whole day and read every name. But I've got a system of how I pray for all those preachers regularly, regularly. I called two this week. you just called them on the phone. When I got down their names and called them, says, I just want you to know I love you and I'm praying for you. That don't make me more spiritual. I'm just saying there's ways to help other folks in the battle. And sometimes when you call somebody, it may be the very hour they need somebody and refreshing from the people of the Lord. I will build my church, but He uses people to get it done. And thank God for that. So together means you're encouraging somebody. I'll tell you how to encourage your preacher. I'll tell you how to to get rid of your preacher. One of the best ways to get rid of your preacher. I came in 1971 as a young 25-year-old young man. I've been here over 52 years going... Start at 53, I think, in July. So I've been here a long time. I sort of grew up. We all sort of grew up together, some of us. And uh, I, uh, I, I say, Well, how, how can you get rid of the preacher? If you want to really get rid of your preacher, no matter who he is, if everybody shows up the same service, he has a heart attack and dies. So just when everybody show up at the same time. So if y'all all come Sunday morning and we look at the restaurant and all the members are here, my soul, my soul. I can't believe it. Been trying to get everybody to come to church on a regular time, but everybody's not going to be there the same Sunday. I understand that. It'll probably never work until we get to heaven. But that can be a way to get rid of your preacher. Just you start praying about it. Somebody said, preacher, you want me to pray that you get rid of you? Well, you pray however the Lord leads, whatever God wants you to do. And I don't have to, I don't have to answer to you. I've got to answer to God. You don't have to answer to me. Just pray. Ask God to give strength and power to those who need it. In every position of the church, they need they need power. They need Philippians 4:13. They need all things are done through Christ. So an encourager is one who in, tries to inspire, uh, tries to spur you on, it tries to help the, the folks get farther along, uh, get farther along, and thank God for that. Number two is to help enjoy the ministry. Brother Scott will begin on the 26th, 27th of November, whatever it is. He preach three times. His whole podcast is enjoying the journey. I rib him to death about it, him, enjoying the journey, about what he does and how he does and how he keeps his joy, how he stays aloof, stays bright and as sharp as he is with all that he's got going. And I tried to schedule him other days. five years scheduled out as a preacher. Man, I can't think a year out, much less five years. And I said, I'm just going to pin you down. You've got to be here at our church sometime along the way. And I'm glad God used him. But the fact is, uh, he's got a joy about him that's, that's uh, sort of contagious if you're around him long. And I thank God. I hope he doesn't lose it. I hope he doesn't falter along the way because we can. And he, says, Preacher James, he said, Uncle James, just pray for me. I enjoy the journey, but I sure need your prayers. Please don't forget to pray for me. And I think the same way of anybody being used of God, they solicit the prayers of God's people because they know it's a conflict and a battle. Because when you're trying to do good, the devil's going to do bad. And when you're trying to please God, the devil wants to ruin, wreck, and destroy you. And he wants to accuse you before God. accuser of the brethren to accuse you before God and say, look at him. Look at her. Look what she did. Look what she said. Look how she acted. And try to pull you down. Nobody's perfect. Nobody is always 100% right. All of us have our faults and our failures and ups and downs. But somewhere along the way we've got to enjoy the journey. And by being Together we can learn to enjoy each other's presence. I enjoy being around. I'm not a people person. I had to develop that. i was shy, backward, but some of you just got a gift of being personal, You got good personality. Some of us have to work on it a little extra hard uh, with personalities. But being kind of guy, that you ought to be able to try to encourage somebody. And when you're carrying conversation, you talk about other folks, what God's done for you, and you can share with them, asking them questions about the ministry. One way you encourage somebody is what do you What do you do? How do you feel about it? You're enjoying the fellowship, and the Bible talks about that in First John chapter one, enjoying the fellowship that's with the Lord Jesus and with fellow believers, all because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So may God help us to be together, as we come together, and as we recognize our responsibility. And then it edifies Romans 15 and Romans verse, chapter 15 verse 19 through 30. Let's turn there right quickly. Read those scriptures. The Book of Romans, chapter 15, and verse 19. Being together edifies the one next to you or the one you're around. Chapter 15, verse 19. If I ever find it, we'll be there. Chapter 15, verse 19. Well that wasn't the verse, verse 30. Chapter 15. Verse 30. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ and for the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me, that I may come unto you, verse 32, that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God and may with you be refreshed. I was reading a scripture earlier today and I marked it, but I didn't put the whole reference down about how it edified chapter 15, chapter 14, Verse 19. Let us therefore follow after these things which made for peace and things wherewith we love one may edify another or one may edify another. So encouraging and being together helps you to edify somebody else. What's that mean to edify? It means to build up. It means to help them in the journey of life. People are going to have their down settings and their troubles and problems. It helps to keep a melody in your soul. The songwriter said it well. There is within my heart a melody. Jesus whispers sweet and low. Fear not, I am with thee. Peace be still in all life's and flow. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. You know, if we can learn how to be an encouraging somebody else along life's journey, when you're down, somebody will be sent your way. In a, in a couple's relationship, men and wife, it's not always that both man and wife are upbeat. They're not always on top of the mountain. Sometimes I'm down, my wife is up. Sometimes I'm up and she's down. That's the that's way God ordains it sometimes in life because everybody needs somebody. And there's times in life when you're going through the battle of your life, God has a way of letting the other couple person to be a little less a little more enjoyable, more smiling, more joy because you're going through depression. It is not wrong to be depressed, but it's wrong to stay in depression and God sends people along to help us to get out of depression. If you go inwardly, I said you accomplish more together than you do collectively. If you let the people be a blessing to you, he said, you don't have to do that. You don't, have to, you don't have to help me. I can make it all right. Everybody needs help. Yeah. Everybody needs help. I mean, no matter who it is. So we become out of this individual mentality that you want to be a blessing to somebody else. Lord, make me a blessing as Jabez of old Lord. When you bless me, would you really bless me? Why your blessing would you bless? And so it is with Jabez. And so it is God gave him his heart's desire, answered four prayers for him. Because he said, Lord, would you bless me? And they tell me in the Hebrew language, while you're blessing me, would you really bless me? And God blessed Jabez. And God granted unto him the request he asked for back there in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. It's just tucked away in two verses. But Jabez prayed and said, Lord, bless me. And while you're blessing, would you really bless me? I want to be a blessing. I want to reach out from God's blessings. Then I want to share my blessings with somebody else. I want others to be enriched by my life and by my Ability to encourage, and all of us ought to be involved to that to some degree. So together means to encourage one another. It means to enjoy each other's fellowship. That doesn't mean you've got to be with them 24-7. I mean, if you you was with me 24-7, you'd be literally bored stiff. I mean, after a while, you know, everybody has their breaking point. You stay with people. Some people you can't stay with very long because you just can't stay with them very long. There's some folks you spend more time with than others maybe. But there's sometimes you just got to get off by yourself to renew yourself to rest for a while and go back into it again. And uh, one of the things that probably all of us need to learn to do is to listen more than we talk. And I have a problem with that one. I'm geared to talk. But listening to what God has to say through somebody else can be a tremendous blessing. And so the edifying of building up takes place. And he told Timothy, he said, "Let, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believer. Every individual needs to be an example of the believer. They need to be one that wants to edify, that wants to encourage, wants to strengthen, wants to help, striving together. So all I'm saying and rambling tonight, and I'm through the message, is this. All of us ought to be willing to put our heart into into what we're doing the best we can. Put a smile on our face with the help of the Lord. Lord, help me to smile. Help me to enjoy the trip. Help me to be a blessing to those that come our way. Lord, I don't know some of the folks that's coming to our church, but the pastor's asking them to come. I trust, Lord, I can be a blessing to them. And you don't have to be over taking all their time like sometimes we do if we're not careful, but sharing yourself with them. Boy, I've been praying for you. You got any special requests that I can pray for? And then you go there when you're in prayer journal and you saw them, you met them face to face, and then you prayed for them, you put a prayer request down. They need this. Whatever it may be, maybe a burden they're going through. Maybe a trial, maybe somebody died in their family. We identify with the church family. The reason why God wants the church like it is, so we can identify with each other as we identify with Him, be close to Him, close to each other, carry each other's burdens. Nancy was telling me this afternoon, Fuzzy, Helen's husband, we call him Fuzzy, John's his name, was taken to the hospital, needs our prayers, and uh, not a greater guy around than Fuzzy Eubanks. Just a precious guy, but he needs a touch of God physically on his life, and he's had some physical battles over the last several years. But pray for Brother Fuzzy. Pray for Miss Rachel by prayer. Pray for the Miss Barbara who oftentimes asks us to pray for her family and Miss Stanso and her family and others that request prayer because they're going through some tough times together. Isn't it wonderful that we can pray for somebody? But that's they live clean across town. Did you know God can get from here to there? He has no problem. And sometimes we pray for somebody, maybe a million miles, well not a million miles away, but several thousand miles away. Pray for peace of Jerusalem and Israel. Praying for the needs of that Mid-East situation. And I'm going to ask you a question. I'm through, Have you prayed for Israel? Since this ordeal, the war about to break out and the terrorists want to destroy Israel completely from the face of the earth. That's always been the case. Trying to kill the Jews all the way back in the age of history. And it's not going to happen. They're not going to kill the Jews. Right. Because God has ordained that they be. And when all nations come against the Jewish nation, God still steps in and preserves him because He's God and He knows what He's doing. He has a particular purpose for all He's doing, and we thank God for that. But we're to pray for Jerusalem, pray for Israel, pray for God's mercy. I've got two men coming in March. We've been here before, Brother Ken Overby and Brother Tom Wallace. One deals with Muslims, one deals with Jews. But getting it from a perspective of how they deal with it day by day and confronting folks along that line for salvation and how you do and how you treat them and how you love them. At the same time, you stand against what they do is wrong. Well, it sometimes takes a lot of wisdom, a lot of grace, learning what God, how God wants to do it. But I'm grateful they can come be with us in just a few weeks. So you would be praying for that. Let's stand together, please. Thank you for being kind and your attention tonight. Together, striving together for the work of the ministry. Striving together to get it done. Thank you for all the help you give. Father, as we come to the close of the brief message tonight, I pray that You'll help it to sink into our hearts and our lives. And Lord, I realize that so much needs to be done. I realize, Lord, that the laborers are few. Lord, we need more workers. We need to revitalize and rebuild our Sunday school from the ground up and work and have available teachers that will fill the gap. We need those additional bus drivers who can have their license to drive on occasion. Sometimes some drivers get overworked and some are not able to do it at all. But Lord, we need some folks who could be able to step up the plate. We need those, Lord, who's able to go knocking on doors or go to houses and be a blessing to people to visit with them. It's It's all of our responsibilities and thank you for those who come and go. Thank you for those who labor in the vineyard. And the real blessings come by laboring in the vineyard. And Lord, may we be faithful to that, the Lord willing. May you supply every need we have financially. Lord, we've been praying for a long time for a parking lot. And Lord, we're asking You in desperation as it relates to coming to the end of ourselves and say, oh God, we need You to do it. And Lord, we're doing our very best to probably keep it before our people. Maybe not as good enough as we should, but Lord, You answer the prayer according to Your own will. And whatever You're trying to show us, show us. But Lord, we want to do it faithfully and fervently. May You supply the need we have. And may You do it in Your own time and Your own way. Help us just to pray and be faithful. Thank You for every gift that's been given. Thank You for every missionary that's been supported. Thank You for faith promise. When you look at the total scheme of things, it looks like some folks are doing it quite a bit. All of us are doing something, but we probably all could do better. Help us to pray about it, be led of God about it, and work together for the cause of Christ. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord who are called according to His purpose. Blessed, we pray the invitation tonight in Jesus' name and for His sake.